How's everybody doing? Thank you, guys. Um, what am I going to talk about? Last time I preached, I preached seven messages in one. Um, the baptisms, real quick, just on baptisms. Uh, a lot of times we like to give family advance notice when we do baptisms, and uh, we usually do it at someone's pool, usually the Baileys. So um, we'll try to, if, if we have a long list of people, we'll try to give advance, like, you know, a month out or something like that where you have time to get your family in. Because a lot of times it's a family affair. Some of our favorite baptisms is when people bring their family that don't even come to our church, and they get to experience kind of the heart of the house when people get to know Christ and dedicate their life to Christ. We get to, I get to dunk them underwater and hold them until the demons come out. Um, and then on baby dedications, the same thing. Every grandparent doesn't want to miss that. So we'll try to give advance notice to where you, if we dedicate your children, uh, we can um, have, all your, have all your family here. So happy Mother's Day to you guys, to all you ladies here. And uh, I mean all you ladies because as Anna said, it's, it's not just the ones with kids. It's the ones that are going to have kids. It's the ones that are actually mothering people right now in the spirit. And, you know, the great thing about the kingdom of God, it's not just natural children, it's spiritual children. You know, um, I have two of my natural children here, but I have a lot of my spiritual children here, and the same with Kelly. And so when we think about the, the natural and the spirit, we, you know, God sees no difference except in the bloodline and legacy, right? So, by the way, my, my son Travis here today, um, he just got engaged. I don't know if I've announced that here. So... Stand up, Tree. Let him see you. Because there's a lot of new people here. <laughs> He's getting married next January to a great girl from Austin, Texas. So uh, we're excited and excited to have another daughter in my house. So we'll have three daughters after this wedding. And then it's Annie. We'll go get another son. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to talk today about the empowerment of women. This is, this is something that um, is, a, is a, a part of this house. The first two minutes, we're going to watch a video, and for, um, for explanation purposes and for the people listening online, it's the opening scene from Wonder Woman, where this, how many of you have seen Wonder Woman? Great movie. It's, an, it's, a, it's the opening scene of Wonder Woman where the little Wonder Woman sees all the warriors in the spirit, sees all the warriors out there training, and all she wants to do is be a warrior because all she sees is warrior spirits. She's never seen anything else but, but people that want to battle, not just fight, but battle in the spirit, that are strong in spirit, that are not put down, that know who they are. They walk with confidence. She not only wants to do it then, she wants to do it start right that moment. And it's just a, I want you to see this to set the stage for what I want to talk about tonight. I could begin showing her something. See, from the time she saw, she grew up watching women be strong and not pushed down, that they actually had an identity in the, and when you, even though I'm equating Greek mythology to the kingdom of God, God sees every woman as a warrior. Every, every woman here is powerful. He created you to be powerful. She was created to train to be powerful. And she wanted to be powerful every day of her life. She just said, when can I start my training to be like these strong women? And she was trained not to fight just in the natural, but to be strong mentally, be strong spiritually, even though it's her spiritual, the gods that she worshiped were not ours. Please know this is a metaphor, not a direct correlation. But it was, there, there was a spiritual strength, a mental strength, and a physical strength. 
And if you go on in the movie, she was taught, you're stronger than this. She was always, when she was getting beaten in training, her trainer would look at her and say, you're stronger than this. You're stronger than me. Like any spiritual mother or father should always say to their sons and daughters, or to your natural sons and daughters, that you're better than me. You're stronger than me. You're going to exceed more than me. Calling them higher to another level. Not beating them down and telling them who they aren't, but pulling them up and telling them who they are. We spend enough time pushing women down in the body of Christ and in the name of Scripture. It's been one of those things where it's been, I was one of those men. Years ago, ask my wife, and if you've been here more than six months, I've preached on it probably. But it's where we can empower women into who God created them to be. Because eventually she fights alongside a man, not behind a man. And when you walk with your wife or walk with, with my, when I walk with my wife, she doesn't walk behind me, she walks beside me. And so when we go into battle, whether it's for our children or spiritual or something, when we come together is when we're the strongest. Not because I'm strong, not because just see strong, but we make each other stronger. And so I'm not just talking about marriage, I'm talking about even the single women here tonight. It's you are empowered to be a powerful woman, and you are a powerful woman, and you have permission to be powerful in this house. So don't let anybody tell you you don't have permission to be powerful. We're going to settle the score tonight for Kingdom Life San Antonio. And I hope that people that listen go to other churches, it settles their score that God wants our women to be powerful. Amen? That you're not a second-class power. You're not an inferior power. You are powerful. And I'm going to go through some scriptures because somebody told you in your life you're not powerful. Could have been a man. Could have been a father figure. Could have been other kids in your school talking you down because you're a woman. It could be a leader of another church or a leader in your company. But that is a performance-based, condemning-based leadership role in your life. Because they want a certain behavioral versus a certain outcome. I want my daughter to be powerful because she knows who she is, not because she's afraid of what I'm going to do. Does that make sense? God wants you to be powerful because how he created you, that's it. He created you to be powerful. And so when we can come and change our mindset, and here's the worst part about it, of men, leaders, and I'm not picking on men because I'm going to talk about men in a minute. Men, leaders, school, and then scripture. Churches and leaders have used scripture to push you down into subservient roles in the church. And I'm going to address that tonight. And we're going to put that to bed. And I'm going to address it pretty firmly. Expect nothing less. And I'm going to run through some scriptures, which is unlike me, but I've got to make this an official lesson. Galatians 1 and 2, what? God says we're going to create them in our image. Them in our image. Both Father, Son, the feminine, and masculine side of God. So out of God comes both. Joel 2, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Say all. He didn't just pour it out on men. He poured it out on women also. So if he poured out his spirit on women, do you think he wanted them to be powerful or not? In Pentecost, yet there's 125 people in the upper room, both men and women. So when the fire fell, when the, he goes, when, fire, when power falls from on high, 
right? He filled the room and people got baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled and women were in that room. Was their Holy Spirit there only to make pot roast and potluck and wipe kids' butts in the nursery? Was it? No, it was there to do the works of the ministry in power. It was to prophesy. It was to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. That's the call in the great commission of the church is to do those things. And it didn't say, hey, men, you do those four things. Because he said, I poured out my spirit on all flesh. And he didn't say it so the women wouldn't use it. Men, you all right? Women? Women? Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.1.7 says, For God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. Was that written to men? It was written to Timothy. But every letter we see in the scriptures is written to the collective body of Christ. And we take examples from. I'm not a Corinthian, but I listen to the Corinthian, what's written in Corinthians. I'm not a, if you're a female, you can listen to what's written to Timothy by Paul. And he didn't give you a spirit of timidity. He gave you a spirit of might. That verse is for you. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 16. Turn to it if you have it. And then I'm going to quit reading scripture for a second because I'm going to get to the verse that locks us all down. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given us his life for all of, all of us. This means all died with him so that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. So then, from now on, we have no new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer we do not see him with limited human insight. Galatians 3, 28, out of the passion. And we no longer see each other in the former state, Jew nor Jew nor non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we're all one through the union with Jesus Christ with no division between us. Let me read that again. Because we are one through the, our union with Jesus with no distinction between us. Powerful women doesn't mean weaker men. And powerful, women and powerful men does not mean weaker women. Because you're a strong woman does not mean your man needs to be weak in a doormat and take, you know, love your wife as Christ loved the church, so be a doormat to her when she's powerful. No, it's Christ so loved the church, he gave his life for us, and we are to lay our lives down for our wives as, as they love and, and love and lay their lives down for us. One of the things that's so confusing in Scripture I mean, for people in Scripture, is that they want a code to live by. And Jesus gives us a couple codes. Love me, Jesus. Love others. That's his new commandment. Everything in Scripture flows from that. The heart of the Father is to love him and love others. But how do we love others if we control others? And if we read the Scriptures poorly and think that women are under our control, how do we love them if we control them? How do they love us if we control them? Let's use our minds for a second. Open up. Get rid of that old theology and listen. We cannot control something and say we love it, and we can't be controlled by something and says it loves us. 
If you're in a relationship and you're controlled everything you do, that's not love. And if you need control in order to love something, that's not love. If someone has to jump through the hoop to eat a cookie for you to be loved, that's not love. And so Jesus, God sets up this whole model, this whole model for men and women coming from the law into the, into the blood of Jesus, the cross. But then there's this one verse that gets people all tripped up, and I'm going to read it here in a minute, about women not speaking in church. One verse, Paul talks about, I don't know, 15 verses I've counted, and I quit counting my wife, who's a teacher, probably can get another 50 verses that reflect the heart of God in regarding to women and how we minister and how they minister. But there's this one verse, oh, this is what it says. Men's been using that to keep women down in church for centuries to where you know, when a powerful woman comes forward, they go, you know, don't, I don't even go there. When a powerful woman gets, comes forward, men get intimidated. But at the same time, men have advocated their roles in church to women because they study more usually. And so you see women taking roles and men subjugating their role. When the body of Christ needs men and women walking together in power. But it's hard because of tradition, because of people that view women differently or men differently, because of wounds. I mean, if you're hurt by a man, it's hard to trust a man. When you're hurt by a woman or you're intimidated by a woman, it's hard to trust. There's so many cultural things that we have to deal with. But Jesus gives us a roadmap. He gives us a roadmap in order to overcome these things inside the church. See, Wonder Woman, your original design was powerful. Adam and Eve were powerful people. They took dominion of the earth for a little while till the snake showed up. But they were powerful people. So turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians uh, 14.34. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it out of the mirror. Can I do that? Is that official? Here's the, I'm going to read, well, I'm going to read it out of my ESV first, and then I'm going to read it out of the, out of the uh, mirror, because the mirror is kind of funny. It kind of makes fun of the verse. Have you all ever, how many of you have read this verse? Raise your hand. How many of you women did it bother? Raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Did it not bother you? Okay. If it didn't bother you, I hope it does by the time I'm done. 1 Corinthians 14, 34. But if all prophesy and the unbeliever or the ungifted man enters, he is uh, convicted by all. He's an accountant. Where am I going? Nope. 14. Oh, I'm in the wrong chapter. I'm so sorry. Oh, there, there I am. Um, just turn. Oh, 34. I'm in 24. My bad. Let the women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but let them sub- be subject themselves as the law also says. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask of their own husbands at home. For it is improper for a woman to speak in church. Was it from you that the word of the Lord? I can't ever. (laughs) (laughs) Improper for women to speak in church. The mirror. And they say this tongue-in-cheek in the mirror, so just like I did. So, women, shut up in the church. 
They should know your, their place of submission just as they taught them in the law. If they need to know anything, their husbands can instruct them at home. Church is certainly not a place where women should voice their opinion. This is, he's, this is not the direct correlation. This is the mirror making fun of it. They also do not qualify to operate in, in any of the gifts of the Spirit, and they put under here, he, 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 like a laugh. Think about it. I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Women are being baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled with power, but they're delegated to just a few gifts. Does that make sense to anyone? Please. Is it, is it, is it, I have two sons and a daughter, and I'm going to allow my sons to operate in gifts that my daughter cannot as a father. Dad, I feel I have this word for someone. Don't prophesy in the church. What you get home, we'll review it. We'll make sure it's good. And then you might submit an email to them. Think about it. We've had people, we've had men in over the last, oh, eight years, when my wife has spoken, especially that, they would walk out of the church. Because a wife, woman speaking, women can't teach men. They go to... They go to that verse I just read because there's not another verse in the New Testament that talks really about that, and they walk out of the church. And some of them would go to their jobs that they're under women. They don't quit the job. Some of them would go to college or go to school and be taught by a woman professor. They don't walk out of class and quit college. But a woman gets up and speaks at church with revelation. I can't hear that. I'm walking out. That's against, the, that's against my theological view. Think about this, because I know I'm ruffling some feathers and I'm glad to be doing it. Because think about it, if you don't understand that the kingdom of God is not about church, it's about every aspect of your life, that God's not gonna give you a principle to not listen to a woman in the church and then give you a principle to listen to a woman outside the church to teach you. If you actually think your business or your school, if you're at Trinity and you have a woman professor, if you think God doesn't, is not involved in the university, that God's not involved in your business, then you don't understand the kingdom of God. He infiltrates every area of our life. And the same biblical principles that apply here at church apply in our business, in our school, everywhere we go, it permeates us. Our decisions are not segregated by where we are. And God's principles are not segregated by where we are. Because I believe if you go out and you have a woman supervisor telling you and teaching you the business, What's the difference between a, a prophetic teacher like my wife teaching you the, the scriptures? Why would God alienate different segments of our life when he wants all of us? Is this resonating with anybody? Because listen, this is one of those things I'm passionate about, you can tell. Because if we don't get this, we're going to walk with a limp in the future. And so any of you, and I'm going to, this is a sidebar, if you have, a, have a questions about this, email Chuck. But I'd love to hear them. I would love to hear them. Because I want to know why we think the body of Christ should limp in with one arm behind their back, with women pushed down to do certain things because of really one verse. And why he would use the Holy Spirit in women for, three, for really three giftings. Because some of the most gifted, powerful women I've been ministered to in this body. And a lot of them are sitting right here. I've been looking at them and going, you know, so... In this church, they've ministered to me. 
is God, are they violating God's law, God's principles? Are they violating God's heart to minister inside this church? That's kind of a question. Should we walk out on them? Should we tell them no? This is something that's serious because we're not going to have generational revival like you hear me preach almost every message, sustain generational revival without women being powerful in their giftings. Because I tell you what, there's been a ministry opportunities that when we're Kelly and I are ministering together, I didn't have the answer, but God gave her the answer. God's given her vision for this church when it comes to prophetic guidance. And I listen because I trust God in her. So this old school, law, traditional, man, you know, uh, man dominant, it's gone. It's gone. And if, you, if, if people are teaching that to control you, then you need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm so passionate about this. If something is controlling you other than the Holy Spirit, it's not of God. God wants to be your, your, he wants to be your only source. And then he partners you with people, and mainly in a husband and wife scenario, partners you to be powerful together. There are so many powerful couples here <clears throat> that we've got to know. So many. And they thought they were more powerful separately. And then, we, then when you get to them and you see the way they are, they're more powerful together because they carry something together that God wants to do. And if you can look at your partner or look at your future spouse and something and say, guys, this is what God wants to do to be something powerful, then you get the vision that you are powerful because God has something in you that he wants to add. I'm talking to the women. He wants to, he wants to bring it like the helpmate is side by side. He took the rib out of Adam's side, not his back. So he could sit side by side and fight side by side. Listen, it's, it's physics that men are stronger physically man to man. I mean, when, when you line men and women up. But you line women and men up spiritually, they win. You line them up emotionally, it's a tie. <laughs> Fair? I'm, try, I'm trying to enjoy the rest of my Mother's Day. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying? Like emotionally, men are locked up and men, might, you know, we, we all have our stuff emotionally, right? But spiritually, I see more powerful women than I do men because men want to control the women. And so they're not really looking to see God's heart in a lot of ways. They're looking to see how they don't lose their power. I've been under leaders that were so afraid of losing their power that I watched them push and abuse women spiritually and men. They were afraid of anointed, powerful men. There's, so, there's young men in here, and not even just men, there's men in here that are so much more gifted than I that I hope that the baton passes, that this thing becomes bigger than we ever could imagine it be. Not big in size, big in impact. Give me 300 people with impact versus 2,000 with nothing. But I know there's young men and women, people we have sowed into, and older men and women that carry so much that if they don't do it together, if they think they're going to be a one-man show or a one-woman show, it doesn't happen. I've been in so many churches. I've been an elder of churches, and I've seen this happen to where women come in 
with their head down, making sure they don't make a mistake in church. Oh, did I, did I speak up too much? Why should a man be able to speak up so much and a woman can't speak up when you walk in these buildings? You imagine saying that outside the church? Right there. <laughs> you imagine saying that outside the church to a woman, but somehow a woman comes in the church and men expect them to obey and the woman is expected not to say anything. Now, I'm not saying this happens here, but what I'm saying is it's, this is something that I want you to understand where, who we are, and this might make you mad. This might be taking a brick out of your theological wall, and I love it, as you can tell. Because there's so many powerful women in this, and I, in this place, and I want them to know how powerful they are, and that this house wants to honor that power, wants to see that power, and wants, to, wants you to share that power with not just us, but the world. And I'm proud to say when you go out in your power that you're actually a family member of Kingdom Life because of what you carry, that you can walk out free, that you walk in and other women go, where do you go to church? Why do you walk with your head so high? Why do you walk in such an anointing and power? Because I am free, and everyone in my body allows me to be free. You men are some of your, the, the most, the, what I would say, you men can be some of the best encouragers to women to unlock their freedom and who they are in, Jesus, in Christ. But women, you can be one of your best, encour best encouragers to men to let them know who they are in Christ and what they have and what you see in them. This is not a one-way street. Men, we always make jokes. So whatever the wife says or you know, well, my husband tells me what to do. Both are wrong. They're never funny, especially to the one that's on the end of that joke. Because when one of the challenging things for Kelly and I when we started the church was learning how to, how to lead together. Because I, I grew up in the environment that I'm preaching against today. I grew up in that environment. Strong men, little women, Knowing their place, submit. I even remember one time, probably when we were first married, I said, you need to submit. <laughs> Seriously, those words came out of my mouth. Yeah, that was, I think I slept on the couch that night. But seriously, I did. I'm, just, I'm sharing with you, I'm just opening myself up. I share with you that I, I remember saying those words, and though they felt good to control, I mean, it just made her feel smaller and smaller. But then she found a voice, and I found the Spirit. <laughs> Seriously. And so it became one of those things that was the most freeing. It was so freeing for me to know the heart of the Father. How many of you fathers have daughters and want them to be subjugated to men and the sons that you have? How many of you fathers want that? So why would our Father in Heaven want that for you? Just answer me that question, and we can quit arguing about it. I mean, somehow we get this love of the Father. He loves us. He's creating sons and daughters and da 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 And then we have all these verses that talk about loving God and loving others and the freedom and power and the Holy Spirit. And then we go to a couple verses, verses the 800 verses that talk about the opposite, and we make a theological brick wall with it so we can control people. Tell me how that makes sense. And I want to say, who wants to come out from underneath that? Because it has to stop. 
And, I, and I, I really mean this. I'm not confrontational, but I do like ruffling religious feathers because I might be wrong. Right? Every time we preach, every time you, we say something theologically, we might be wrong. I just know one thing. I know Jesus died for me, and he is the son of God. There's a lot of absolutes in my life. But there's some things that we're going to get up there and go, ah, Joe, you got that wrong. Do you think that if you have a conversation with Jesus after you go, that you think you got something wrong? Are you going to ask those questions? What did I really get wrong? I have, a, I have a real interest in that. What did I get wrong? What view did I have of you that was not you? And what view did I have of me that was not me? God, I want to ask those questions. Because I, I, I'm confident in this one. I'm confident that he's going to say, I viewed women the same way you did. Powerful. They're my daughters. Why wouldn't I? They're my daughters. I don't view my daughter any different than my son. I want her to be as powerful as, I want Annie to be as powerful as Travis and Joey. I want Kelly, I want Kelly and I to be the floor in which we push them higher to be more powerful in God. And I'm not saying, well, Annie just a little less powerful because it's not right. Think about this. I try to make fun so you can hear what we think if we actually believe this. Who wants less for their daughter as a father? Why would God? Who wants, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is if your daughter came to you and asked you, Dad, how powerful can I be? What would you answer? If my daughter came to me and asked me how powerful I can be, she can be, she can be as powerful, powerful as anyone and as powerful as God wants her to be. She has everything in her to be the most powerful woman in the world. She has the power to be Wonder Woman, like all of you. That's what I would tell her. What would you tell her? Because there's freedom on the other side of this message. There's freedom for women that has felt oppressed in the church, felt controlled. There's freedom for men to say, I don't need to control this anymore. That I'm free to, my wife, my girlfriend, or just to see women be powerful. I'm tired of the one-man shows that I see, that I see all men up on the stage. And guess what? There's time, we, were at the, we were at the Bethel Leadership Network conference in uh, this time they had all the women up on stage, the wives of the big guys over there. I'm not taking anything away from Bill Johnson, Chris, Valentin, and all those guys, but the women, holy smoke, they're powerful. In their own right, they have this anointing to do and do what they've been called to do as far as leading and worship and different things. They didn't stand up and say, well, I run children's ministry. I won the nursery. Oh, I do family dinners and potlucks. And I'm very anointed. You know, my noodle casserole is one of the most anointed gifts that I have. That's not what they were talking about. They were talking about a move of God that's, that's going over the nations and how they're a part of it and their husbands and they're walking in this together. And the church, the husbands and wives are doing this together. And you're seeing men and women ministering in far-off countries, putting their lives in danger. The Holy Spirit's not just protecting men because they're the powerful ones. The Holy Spirit is protecting women because they're powerful. And guess what? Women and men are cleans, uh, raising the dead, casting out leopards, you know, 
you name it. Casting out leopards. My, my mind's getting ahead of my mouth. But they're doing it. They're doing it together. Take Will Hart and Moosey Hart. There was a story that, that uh, they were going to the Congo, and they were in the Congo, and he got on the radio in the Congo and said, hey, we're going to this village. And I'm, I think he might have showed a video when he was there one time because um, I've actually seen the pictures. And they're going to this village, and he makes the announcement on the radio, hey, come see us at this village in you know, western Congo. We're going to be there this day. Well, the, 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 the army and the government and his... Um, his ministry said, you can't go now because the rebels will be there and they're going to kill you. He goes, what do you mean we can't go there? No, I'm going. He goes, no, you just made an announcement where you're going to be and they hate missionaries. They're going to kill you. So he goes, well, I'm going. Moosey looks at him and goes, well, I'm going. And I love Moosey. She's a fiery Puerto Rican. And she goes, she looks and she goes, you're not going. She goes, why? She goes, it's dangerous. She goes, the call of God on your life is not more important than the call of God on my life. I'm going because if God's going to protect you, he's going to protect me or we're going to deliver these people. Well, they get on this truck and they go to this village and the rebels are there. And I'll just tell you this. There's a picture of the rebels with their rifles down, their faces on the ground, giving their life to Jesus. And it wasn't just because Will Hart showed up. It was because Moosey Hart showed up right along with him because she's a powerful Puerto Rican. That's what I call her. She's, a power, she's, she's the best. My, but does that make sense to you? Why would God want to do that? And so I want to encourage you to empower each other. This is, not, this is not so that one becomes weaker, that we have to make appropriations to, the, to pushing down women and say, okay, what do I owe you? Or to men that we need to take something from you so I can be powerful. This is a moment of from right now, seeing yourselves as powerful, men seeing yourselves as powerful, and then let's go to work. This is not about clearing a debt. It's starting over. Any man be in Christ, he'd be a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, new things come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. New things come. And we can start today, if it's not in you, to be new things come, to see things differently to see things with new eyes, like he said. I no longer see you in the flesh. I see you in the spirit. So I see women and men in the spirit. What is their spirit doing? Because if we're looking at the flesh, we're just looking at the cover of the book, and the content is inside. And that's what God wants is our content. What does he put inside us that we have to get out of us? Because that's where the power comes from. I see powerful people in here. I've witnessed you guys minister to one another. I've seen you minister as couples. I've seen your marriages almost fall apart only to be restored because we know why. Not because any magic dust that any of us or Kelly and I or leaders had in putting it back together. It's because God had a plan. And his plan was bigger than your plan. And his plan is that you two become together and be powerful for a purpose bigger than yourselves. Not just for your happiness at the moment and your immaturity. Because I tell you what, like I said, Kelly and I, in, uh, after six years of marriage, and we're, we're uh, celebrating our 32nd in two weeks. But after six years of marriage, you've all heard this before if you've heard me preach once. We've been, we're in counseling. And I go, you know, it was, it was rough, really rough, until God changed her. Uh, no. 
<laughs> it was rough, but, I, but walking out of that, I knew God had something bigger in store. Not just our marriage, but our legacy for our children and what God wanted to do through us, but it was through us, not through me. He does some stuff through me that she's a part of. She does, I, he does stuff through her that I'm a part of. It doesn't mean we do everything together. We just do everything in unity. Because two is stronger than one. It's just one of those mathematical, crazy math equations that God uses, you know, that he bands people together. He bands bodies together. When we're praying over the single moms, that we, I want to make them stronger because they have people around them. With for single men or single dads, that the body can come around them. That there's, that there's not, it's not pity, it's family. It's love. That if someone's suffering from illness or financially, I mean, shoot, guys. I mean, coming together and doing stuff financially for one another. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it's one of those things where if we don't get the vision of seeing people as powerful and quit knocking them and judging them for what they're not doing. I want to see people come alive and come alive for real and finally come into that alignment with God, what God wants to do in their lives so they can go bust down walls. Because there's nothing like kicking in a wall. And listen, if, uh, um, if it's one of those things where you have felt so oppressed, if you're oppressed by the church, a leader, an employer, if you feel like, you know, there's been places you've gone to where you weren't allowed to be you in the, in the body of Christ because Scripture controlled you, because leaders controlled you. If you, if you felt any time like, um, even in your marriage, and it's, it, I'm not asking those to stand up right now if you feel oppressed in your marriage and your husband's sitting right here. <laughs> Awkward. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Because then we'd have to do family therapy, and that's the dinner's at 7:30. Um, but my point is that these, especially in the church, if you felt oppressed in the church, you felt oppressed in your workplace as women. If you felt less than as women, if you felt like you needed to know your place as women, if you felt like that you didn't have a voice as women, if you felt like um, your giftings and your voice wasn't important as women, if you felt like you were delegated to the lesser things because you're a woman, if you felt inferior like that in any way in the church, I want you to stand. Y'all come on forward, you three. Keep, if you have or you do, come on forward, women. Come on. If you <laughs> brave, 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 great. It's one of those things when people use scripture, people use power to control things. I think it's um, it's a travesty. And coming from a recovering control freak, I will say this to you on behalf of all church leaders that ever, church leaders or church men 
any, you know, anybody in authority over you as a man that did this to you, I'm so sorry. And on their behalf, I ask your forgiveness because it never should be that way. You shouldn't have to put up with that in the sake of, in the sake of religion. In the name of Jesus, because Jesus would not do that. If Jesus was here in those moments, when those moments occurred, you'd be sitting next to him, talking. You could be talking to him, resting your head on him. You could be washing his feet with perfume. He loves that. I read that somewhere. But all those things that you've experienced were not of God, they were of man. His control is not of God. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. And he set each one of you women free to be exactly who you are. And he wants the purest form of who you are in your power, in your gifting, in your personality. He created you with a serious personality or a funny personality. He created you and he created each one of you so differently. And the ones that really, if, you, if you're not up here and you're, and, and you're feeling it, I'm speaking to you too, okay? I'm speaking to you too. That there's freedom on the other side of knowing that you are actually free. Thank you for being brave. Because each and every one of you, when I look at you, I see, I don't know all of you, but I see your giftings, I see your passions, I see the way you worship, passionately worship God. Why would the church ever want to take that away from you? Because we won't hear. And so, like I said, on behalf of leaders, any leader that's ever done that to you, I just, I repent. And I just want you to forgive them in your heart, the ones that you can think, and just let it go. Just let it go and forgive them. Because letting that go is the first step to your freedom. So I just bless each and every one of you as women and who you are as powerful women of God. And as the father of this house, I just bless you with the father's blessing to be free to be who you are, to walk in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit without hesitation, with power and might, filled with the anointing God's created you to walk in, that your gifts would come alive and be stirred like no other time in your life that you would run toward him with everything that you have and offer it at his feet so that he could use you to pour it out on the people that he loves most. And that's mankind who he came to die for. I bless you with the freedom that comes with knowing Christ in such a way, not as anything more than just a daughter. That the purity of being a daughter would open up your hearts and your life to change the world around you and to change the world within you. May you come alive in such a way that people won't even recognize the old self, but see the new self and see the power. Where they won't even understand the anointing that you walk in, the gift of prophecy that you walk in. The words of knowledge that God's going to give you. The example is a mother and a wife. We bless you now. Guys, extend a hand. 
We bless you now as a body to be free, to be who every, to be everything God created you to be, to do everything God created you to do, and to set this world on fire with the fire that you're carrying inside of you that only God can put in you. That you'll be fire starters in this world with the giftings in you. That your children and your children's children would carry that fire for generations to come because you have broken, you have broken that cycle. That you are women and you are free and, we're this, and when you are free, right, you are free indeed. And so I just bless you with that. I bless you to be who you created to be and we, and all God's people said, Amen, amen. Happy Mother's Day. Y'all walk, I hope you walk out of here with a new chapter of your life. Maybe some of you have heard this or believe in this, some of you don't, some of you still won't, and that's okay. But may, may God water a seed that can transform the body of Christ to see the power of the women that sit here beside us and out there. Because the women are gonna walk right alongside the men and the men right alongside the women seeing the world change forever. Amen.